Amen. Hey, the ushers are going to serve us this morning. And I want you to go ahead and get your life notes out with me. We're going to jump in to today's message. And um, hopefully you have been following along with us these last five weeks. Today, we're going to go to, to principle number five. Um, and I wanted to kind of set this up for us, all right? So uh, we have been out of pocket the last couple of weeks due to uh, some of the executive team and some of our worship team uh, had dealt with uh, actually COVID. And so I appreciate you guys and our first in-house gathering being back here, right? So we're going to uh, try to stay uh, consistent with that. Hopefully no more sickness comes uh, to our doorstep or knocking on our doors. And so 8, 30, 10, 11, 30, if you're watching via online, love to have you join us in person, 8, 30, 10, 11, 30. Um, so that uh, we can just continue to let God build us. There's something special about us coming together, amen, uh, of us joining together um, and not just doing over technology. While I love that, I love the idea of redeeming uh, streaming and uh, uh, internet and technology. I think that's incredible. I do think it's vitally important for us to gather together and smile and shake hands and, uh, and do those things as safe as we possibly can do it. So um, these last few weeks, We've been in this message series entitled Relationship. And in the middle, you see the number 10. And what we've been doing is taking the 10 commandments. And inside those 10 commandments, we're asking the Lord to teach us and show us principles to build our relationship with him. The first four of the 10 commandments deal with our relationship with the Lord. The second uh, half, the, the last six, deal with our relationship with one another. Because truly, relationships are the only thing, hear me loud and clear today, is the only thing that you can take with you to heaven. You can't take your car, you can't take your 401k, you can't take your house, you can't take your Xbox, PlayStation, whatever. The only thing that we can take with us to the other side of eternity is our relationship with other people, right? And so uh, it's important for us to realize that Scripture says a lot about those two relationships, our relationship with our Heavenly Father and then your relationship with one another. And so today, uh, just to kind of echo really, really quick, we're going into number five. Um, and this is just different. This series has been different for me uh, because I, I, I realized I, I had it on my heart. I knew this is what we were going to do, uh, but I'm more of a passion guy. I'm more of a, uh, a radical uh, pursuing and his presence and obedience and following, being a Christ follower. And, and I've really, um, we've, we've stepped back and we've said, Lord, help us to grow. Everybody say grow. All right, God help us to grow as a disciple and a follower of Christ. We declared 2020, as crazy as it's been, we declared it in January, the year of discipleship. And so with that, I want you to walk out of here today with one nugget, all right? Try to find you one thing that you can wrap your hand around and say, I want to grow in that area of my life. And so we started um, a few weeks ago with uh, principle number one was the principle of priority. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. We went to uh, pr uh, week number two was the principle of purity. We said that's not no other images. Don't create any uh, false idols in your life. We went to principle number three, uh, which was the third commandment. We said, thou shalt not profane the name of the Lord thy God. And, and we studied what profaning means and what does that look like in our life. Last week, we talked about the principle of rest, the fourth commandment of uh, honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy and what that looks like for a New Testament believer. And I've had a few people say, Brad, what is, uh, is the Old Testament, command, Ten Commandments, not the old law? And the answer is yes, it is the old law. And the Bible says in the New Testament that Jesus came to fulfill the law. So what does that mean? What did he fulfill when he did that? 
He fulfilled what it took to be in relationship with God. And so when Christ died on the cross for you and I, he fulfilled that aspect where in the Old Testament law is about how good you were and the decisions you made, the choices you made. And and to please God, you had to go through this whole laundry list of things uh, with your life. And so in the New Testament, we realize, (coughs) excuse me, that we're saved by grace through faith. To have a relationship with God, I must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't earn salvation. You can't deserve it. You can't be good enough. You can't give enough money for it. You can't knock on enough doors. You can't go to church enough to earn salvation. It is the free gift that we receive from our Lord and Savior. Can I get an amen? All right, that's what the New Testament grace in your life and my life. So what do we do with these Ten Commandments? What do we do with the Old Testament the law, there are strings of truth, principles that God instilled that get echoed in New Testament in Jesus' teaching in the Apostle Paul's writings, and that we can see some of that that are principles that you and I need to live our life by. And that's what we're trying to extract from these lessons that we're kind of learning together, right? You got it? So principle number five. And this is a really tough message to preach, to be honest with you. And to engage and grab a hold of something, take home, put in your pocket, and ask the Lord to change, you're going to have to really, really tune in with me today. Principle number five reads like this. In Exodus chapter 20, where we see the Ten Commandments, also show up in Deuteronomy chapter number five. But Exodus 20 says this. That was great. Woo, pop back up. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God has given you. Kind of a short one statement commandment, but it's number five. Honor your father and mother. You say, Brad, time out. I even asked the Lord this week, I said, God, if, why would you download 10 principles, 10 commandments? And although I think this is important, this is an important commandment, just taken for face value, I get why we shouldn't murder, and that should be in the Ten Commandments. That's an important attribute. I get why you shouldn't have any of the false gods, but it's an important attribute that we need to hang on to. But really, is honoring your father and your mother in the top ten? Should have made the top ten list. And I believe that there's a broader principle here that I want you to get a hold of. Listen to me, engage with me this morning. There is a principle that is meant to be instilled inside of our heart. And I even struggled this week and I said, Lord, I said, why did you put something that's a commandment and you actually, there's, an, there's a part of it that belongs to our, our father and mother. Whenever you know we live in a fallen world and God, they're going to be Uh, men and women, they're going to be moms and dads who don't make the right decisions, who uh, uh, abuse their children, who betray and walk out on their kids, who maybe for some reason something happens and and there's just a a kind of a spider web of a mess inside of that whole relationship. But you're still giving this commandment. You're saying, children, honor your father and your mother. There's not a, a premise. There's not a footnote attached to it. This says, honor your father and mother if they're good to you. And I believe there's something broader that I want us to discuss today in this idea of honor. Everybody say honor. All right, you're gonna, I, I, some of you, today is going to be the day that the light bulb comes on because this is not a politically correct message. This is uncomfortable for American uh, people to even wrap their arms around. And I might even over-fry you fried chicken and overcook your grits today, all right? You're going to have to go home and pray and process through this and say, Brad, uh, man, I just don't know. But I want you to realize what the Word of God says about the idea of honor. And I believe the reason he said honor your father and mother is because there was a principle of honor that God meant to be established and start in the home. Are you with me today? 
to be put inside of children, even from your young age, to learn what the idea of honor was. And honor is not something that's meant to be taught from uh, even in the schoolrooms at they can pick up all the principles, but it's meant to begin in the home. And whenever we can get it right in our home, we train a child up in the way they should go, then never to leave it. And for some of us sitting in this room today, we need to realize and say, what does honor really look like? Because Brad, how do I honor a mom and dad that abused me, mistreated me, and walked out on me? How are you telling me I'm supposed to have honor in that? And the truth is today, honor, my friend, is not honoring somebody for what they've done, but it's making a choice and decision to choose honor even when somebody don't deserve it. We're going to talk about honor and authorities. We're going to talk about honor and uh, governing officials. We're going to talk about honor and bosses and employees. We're going to talk about the fact of honor. And you do realize today, honor needs to be a language and an aroma that's released from our life that everywhere we go, everything that we do, you can bump into a homeless guy under the bridge and they deserve to be honored. You can have a conversation with the governor or with the president of the United States, and they deserve to be honored. You may disagree with somebody's lifestyle. You may disagree with somebody's choices. You may disagree with somebody's decisions. You may disagree with somebody's political posture. You may disagree with somebody, uh, how they dress. You can disagree at all levels, but honor does not mean that I agree with everything that's going on in your life. Are you with me today? Even Jesus, whenever the woman who was caught in the adulterous affair gets thrown at his feet and all the people that surround her with the rock ready to stone her. Jesus did not condone her lifestyle. He didn't say, oh, poor thing. Everybody's picking on you. Today, the political correctness tells everybody, your lifestyle's okay. It's going to be this. No, he told her the truth. Sometimes the greatest honor and the greatest manifestation of love is to tell somebody the truth. But he did not condone her where she was at, but he honored her not in what she was doing. He honored her in the image of which she was created as a created in the image of God. Are you with me today? So that homeless guy living under the bridge needs to still be honored because he's created in the image of Christ. That black man, that white man, that red man, there's right now there's a lot of talk about racial and racial issues, that Democrat, that Republican, it does not matter. I see beyond what they do, and I realize they were created in the image of God, and they deserve to be honored. And when they bump into me, the aroma of honor should lead my life. In our society today, you can watch the news. You can go on social media. You can hang out with all the cool crew, and what do they do? If they disagree with you or you disagree with me, they begin to dishonor, disrespect, and they beat down. And they say stuff like, well, that's dumb, idiot, moron, that person. And you look on social media and that is the posture of the political correctness of today in society is if I disagree with you, I'm going to dishonor you. I'm going to belittle you and I'm going to put you down. Are you with me today? As a New Testament believer, hear me loud and clear. The language of honor should be the aroma that resonates from our life, regardless if it's somebody who's sitting in the highest political office or somebody who slept under the bridge last night. If it's somebody who woke up with a needle still in their arm this morning or somebody who owns a business in our city, that honor should be released from your life and my life in every single place that we go and everything that we do. Are you with me? All right. All right so here we go. We're going to jump in. What does honor do whenever we release it? Number one there in your notes. When I really learn this language of honor, and I learn how to keep my mouth shut when I can't say anything nice, and I learn how to 
honor waitresses when I go to restaurants. I learn how to honor the establishment whenever I go to thing. We'll talk about that. But what does honor do? Honor will produce faith. Kind of unusual that God downloads his Ten Commandments to the children of Israel. And we read it in Exodus chapter number 20. Now let's read it in Deuteronomy chapter number 5. In Deuteronomy 5, here's how he says it. And he adds a couple, uh, one sentence that I really like. It says, honor your father and your mother and the Lord God has commanded you that your days may be long, right? I've heard people quote this. So this is the first commandment of the promise. We'll see that again in a minute here um, in Hebrews. He said that it's the first commandment that's given that has a promise attached to it, that your days may be long and that it may be well, look at this right here, and that it may be well with you. It may be well with you where? In the land that the Lord thy God has given you. And so whenever I realize this, listen to me today. Do you understand that God gave the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel? But of that entire group of people that heard this conversation, Joshua and Caleb were the only two that got to go in the promised land. And so we say, whoa, 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 time out. Why would they only, those two, be the one that got to go across the Jordan River and go in the promised land? And I believe this week that I, I found scripture, and I'm, I would run out of time if I showed you everywhere, but it was because they walked dishonoring the word of the Lord. They did not understand this principle of honor. They did not understand respect. The Bible says, that they no longer honored the word of the Lord. They no longer respected the word of the Lord. And whenever I don't have the language of honor in my life, what will begin to happen is that honor will produce, a or the lack of honor will produce a lack of faith. The embracing of honor will produce faith inside of your heart. Let me show it to you in scripture this morning, all right? So right there in Hebrews chapter three, verse number 19, this is talking about the children of Israel. He says, so we see they could not enter because of, of unbelief because of lack of faith. They could not enter the promised land that God's destiny had laid out for them. Let me show you Mark chapter number six, verse one through six says this. Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who had heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked, What's this wisdom that's been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and brother James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Watch this, verse 4. Jesus said to them, a prophet is without honor except in his own hometown. Among his relatives in his own home, he could not do any miracles there, all right? He was limited on his ability for his presence and for the miraculous to be released inside their lives and their hearts. He couldn't except lay hands on a few sick people and see them healed. Verse 6, he was amazed by their lack of faith. Lack of faith equals, I'm sorry, dishonor was a lack of faith. Honor produces faith. You want more faith. Maybe you feel like you're in a dry place and you're like, Brad, I just don't know where my faith lies. I feel dry. I feel empty. I feel a little bit weary. Maybe, just maybe, you need to have two plus two equals four. And it's because you have been dishonoring. You have been speaking negativity. You've been complaining. You've been slandering. You've been backbiting. You've been belittling. You've been releasing dishonor out of your life. And you wonder why your faith is dwindling. And it's because, my friend, you need to realize that when I release the aroma of honor, faith is built up. Let me parallel it to this. You may be witnessing to somebody or your neighbor. You will never lead anybody to the Lord that you dishonor. 
Because you will produce a lack of faith and disbelief inside of their heart. So you have a negative attitude. You have a little bit of road rage. You uh, walk into the, the waitress or at the restaurant and you uh, chew them out and you act like a jerk and you give them a 50-cent tip and you said, here's your tip. Don't get a front row seat of the spitting contest or whatever. You try to be funny. All right. And the truth is, whenever you release a lack of honor, you will release a lack of faith. And there's an aroma of honor, my friend, that whenever I bump into, whoever you bump into, the question is, are you leaving them better than you found them? When you go to Kroger and you get your groceries and you walk out with your buggy, all right, you live in Alabama, it's a buggy, it's not a shopping cart, right? If you say shopping cart, you got to be from the north, right? So you got your buggy, and you go, do I put the buggy up or not? You're saying, Brad, you're, you're meddling now. No, I'm not meddling, my friend. But honor says do everything as if I'm doing it unto the Lord. I want to honor the establishment. I go and I put my buggy back where it belongs. Have you ever noticed that where there's dishonor and disrespect, there's always nastiness, clutter, and mess? You can walk down the streets in the back alleys. You can go down Skid Row as I walk through uh, Los Angeles, California, and Hollywood, and in you see, all you see is just nasty. You see some of the, the, the things that's happening in our society today. And whenever there's dishonor and disrespect and there's rioting and there's looting, you always look at the aftermath and there's always discord. There's always disrespect and there's always chaos that pursues behind it. It's because dishonor, my friend, will produce that inside of your life. So don't expect when you begin to dishonor your boss and you say negative things, you dishonor. See, society today tells us anybody in authority, they're the problem, that I have to have a problem with police, I have to have a problem with the government, I have to have a problem with all this, and that is what is the politically correct. Now, don't get me wrong. Is there bad police officers? Yes. Are there great police officers? Yes. Are there bad politicians? Yes. Are there great politicians? Yes. Are there good bosses and bad bosses? Yes. Are there good school teachers and bad school teachers? Yes. It's just the name of the game because we are in a fallen nature, but I will tell you this, from a biblical perspective that the aroma of honor is to be released in your life regardless of the person and what they're doing and who they are if you like them or don't like them. Are you with me? We walk in honor. Number two, so honor produces faith. What's the second thing that honor does in my life and inside of my heart? Honor produces blessings. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 1 and 3 says this, right? It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is the gift I'm showing you this in New Testament. For this, for this is right, sorry. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well. We see that again. We saw that in Deuteronomy 5. That it may be well with you. That it may be well with you. Maybe the problem at your work is not the boss that you have. Maybe it's the bad attitude and the disrespect and the dishonor that you're walking in. Hello, come on somebody. So you, can, you can love me or you can be upset at me, but the truth is when dishonor's in the house, there's not blessing in the room. And so we've got to realize, my friend, that everywhere I go, everything, that it may go well with you. We need to teach our children that whenever they're playing sports to honor their coaches. We need to teach our children to honor their teachers. We need to teach them to honor. See, and some of this, this is setting sideways with some of you because the political correct posture says that there's a problem with everybody but me. And the problem's not my child. The problem's his teacher. The problem's not my child's work ethic. The problem's the principal. The problem's not that I was speeding. The problem's the police officers 
just trying to give me a, a ticket. There's a problem with everybody else, but we don't want our own chickens to come roost at home and realize that maybe, just maybe, I've got dishonor flowing from my life and you need to take a posture of humility and let honor be released from your mouth and from your lips. Are you with me today? That it may go well with you. See, I don't have to agree with you. I don't have to like your lifestyle. I don't have to agree with your political posture. I don't have to like the clothes that you wear. I don't have to like your choice in music and songs. I don't have to like all the other stuff, but I am demanded for us to honor each other. That I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're white. I don't care if you're red. I don't care if you're legal or illegal. I don't care what posture you come from, my friend. What I am demanded as a New Testament believer is that I honor you and I love you. And when we realize that aroma is meant to resonate from our life, and politics says posture yourself and make yourself better. Push them down so you can stand on top of them. It's what you see on the news. It's what we see on social media. When we fly the flag of a Democrat or fly the flag of a Republican, my friend, we're not here to fly the flag of one political party. We're here to fly the flag of Jesus Christ and to say, hey, let us resonate. Are you with me today? I'm talking to you today about a disease that our culture has called dishonor. And if we're not careful, it sneaks in through the hearts and the lives of New Testament believers, and we wonder why things are not going well, and it's because We've lost the ability to walk and live a life of honor. Say, okay, Brad, time out. Band, don't you go and come up with me. Brad, what do we do if it's a bad leader? What if I have a bad boss? What if I have a bad, we have a, a bad president, we have a bad governor, we have people who are making bad choices and bad decisions? Do we just blindly walk in, in that level? Romans chapter 13, there's a verse that's kind of tough, but hey, we're, we believe the whole Bible, okay? Parts we like, parts you don't like. Just part of it, Romans 13 says this, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. I don't know, have you ever heard say, no man tell me what to do? <laughs> you ever notice most people who have that attitude they might tell me why they either end up in jail or end up in the army. And both of those, they can tell you when you go to the bathroom, when you're going to eat, right? They might tell me how to live my life. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And whoever resists will bring... Lord, this is New Testament, Brad. That just sounds strong. Whoever resists will bring judgment on themselves. So it might not be going with you because of the dishonor, going well with you because of dishonor that's in your life. You know what he says here? He says, those who are in authority over you. So Brad, what do we do? How do I handle when there's bad authority? What if my boss tells me to do something unethical? What if the, uh, Hitler, when he was trying to inundate the German um, uh, army and the German nation, the German state, he, he literally was going into the schools and he was inundating into the children's minds. He was saying to them, if your parents disagree with anything we're saying in the Nazi government, you are to come in, back to school and you're to report them. And he was teaching them to dishonor their 
your parents. And so, Brad, what do we do? Do we just blindly follow every leader and, and take every decision and choice they make? And the answer is absolutely no. But what we do walk in is a level of confidence to know this, all right? It's that you and I, this goes for me too. There are authorities over your life. You have bosses, you have teachers, you have coaches, we have police officers, we have politicians, we have those who are walking in authority. Right now, the politically correct posture is everybody in authority is wrong. That's what everybody tells you. There's a rebellion against all authority that's happening, and you got to be careful to keep that out of your heart. But what do I do is I never bow my knee to something that they're asking me to do that, that is trumped by the authority that's over their life. What do you mean? You can go back to the Old Testament, Daniel. You can't pray anymore. What do you do? He continued to pray. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you got to bow your knee and worship Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar only, and we're going to be thrown in the fiery furnace. And was it that he was, they weren't, they're going to be rebellious. No, it wasn't that, my friend. It's that, hey, there's an authority greater than every governing official. There's authority greater than the President of the United States. There's authority greater than our mayor. There's authority, authority greater than that police officer. But my, my posture's got to be to walk in honor until they ask me to do something that is over their head. Are you with me? I don't walk blindly. We've had moments in Life Church five years here that, that our mayors came. He said, Brad, I'm asking you not to do this. I'm asking you to do that. And yes, sir, I'd love to. Did I, just, did I agree with all of them? No, absolutely. But I said, I want the aroma of honor to come out of my life. I could have postured and said, no, I'm doing it anyway. Nobody going to tell us what to do. You can say, you can go back and look on my social media feed. And I'm not perfect, but I feel like I've tried to walk this out in my life. You won't find one political posture that's belittling back all the way up underneath a Democratic president or Republican president. Did I agree? Been good things about both of them. Both of them's done some great stuff. Both of them done some bad stuff. They're not my God. I don't fly their flag. I fly the flag of Jesus. Are you with me? And so I want you to understand, so honor produces blessing. And then the third thing, honor will produce your destiny. He said that you may go well with you and you inhabit the land that I have given you. A lot of people want to parallel the promised land to heaven, and it's not. And the reason why it can't be parallel to heaven is because that promised land still was inhabited by giants and by enemies. And even when Joshua led them across the Jordan River, he had to go to the walls of Jericho and defeat and run the giants out of the land. And it's really more of a picture of you and I destiny. Listen to me. I'm, I'm almost done. I want you to hear me. Because when you learn how to honor and you release honor, It'll, you'll, you'll walk into your destiny. Maybe that promotion you've been looking for at work, the reason you hadn't got that promotion is because you haven't walked in honor. Get there early. Quit showing up late. Quit trying to leave your job early. You're dishonoring the establishment. Quit being the one that leaves your snicker wrapper laying on the floor. Man, pick it up, clean up your mess. Honor the establishment. When you realize honor will make it go well with you, and I'm doing everything if I'm doing it unto the Lord, saying, God, I'm putting you first. 
So I want to ask you this question today. Say, Brad, I love the Lord with all my heart. I love Jesus. But do you walk in dishonor? People bump into you. What aroma do you release? Negativity, complaining, backbiting, putting down, slander. When they bump into me, there's a, there's, they smell a little bit better after they're hanging out with me. Because the aroma that's released and the honor that I walk in, because they may not be where they need to be. Maybe they're making choice and decision, but you got to see people for where God wants them to be. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this place. At the end of every message, we love to pray and say, Holy Spirit, how does this apply to me? And I want you right there with all sincerity to say, Lord, Holy Spirit, how does this apply to me? Do you walk in dishonor? Do you dishonor those around you? Do you dishonor the blessings God has put in your life? Do you dishonor God's word? Do you dishonor people? Do you, when you learn the principle of honor, my friend, it will literally paradigm shift your life. Because everywhere you go, everything that you do, you do with honor. Every person you bump into, you honor. It doesn't matter the color of their skin. It doesn't matter what position and seat they sit in. It doesn't matter how much money they got in their bank account. Because I'm going to honor you because you're created in the image of my God. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to do what only you can do, and that's change us. If we're truly going to be New Testament disciples and followers of Christ, God, I will not belittle. I won't put down. God, but I will walk a life with the aroma of honor resonating everywhere I go and everything that I do. In the name of Jesus, from front to back, side to side, will you stand up on your feet with me this morning? Father, we love you. Come on, can you just close your eyes with me? We don't have another service after this. Before we leave this moment right now, I want to honor those in this room right now that you say, you know what, Brad? I feel like I've been dishonored by society. I feel like people look down on me. And today, my friend, listen to me. I don't care what your history looks like. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what story has been told in your life. You were created in the image of our God, and he loves you, and he wants you to be close to him. And just like he looked at the woman that was caught in the adultery, he looked at her and he said, go and sin no more. He doesn't condone her lifestyle, right? So don't say this is just the way that I am, that you're just born negative. You're just born a complainer. You're just born with the attitude that you got, but you lay yourself on the altar of saying, Lord, change me. Change what needs to be changed in my life. But maybe you need to start today by simply saying, God, I need you in my life. If you're in this place right now and you say, Brad, I need him. I need to give my life wholehearted and unfettered, uh, uh, with absolutely no limits. I'm going to give him all of my life right now. I want to be his and I want him to be mine so that you can be everything he's called you to be. Are you ready today? Come on, from front to back, side to side. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand right now and say, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to surrender my life wholeheartedly to him. Come on, that's you this morning. Those of you with your hands lifted up, say this after me. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sins. Today I choose you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to serve you. Thank you for washing me clean. And I thank you that I'm yours. 
you are mine in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Anybody ready to honor the Lord everywhere we go, everything that we do? Come on, somebody. Let's give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise in this place.